This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a world welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com, because you can handle the truth. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making this program possible. It has taken us over three years, and I'm privileged to have David Icke as tonight's special guest. We'll discuss some of his journey, George Orwell and Aldous Huxley, who are not writing science fiction after all, our DNA chemtrails, the world control system, planned obsolescence in humans, Fukushima, modern-day slavery, the draconian laws that continue being enacted in the United States, and the similarities to Nazi Germany prior to World War II, and much more. This will be a special treat for you and I. David Icke is coming up next. To listen to the full interview, just go to VeritasRadio.com and click on the subscribe link, and you'll receive your login immediately. Remember, Veritas is censorship and commercial free and survives under voluntary subscriptions only. Become a member today. And don't forget to visit our Veritas store where you can buy MMS, our futuristic metal cased USB drives with seasons one, two, or three, and a lot of our products. And to get in touch with me, click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Tens of millions of people across the globe are now turning to David Icke's extraordinary information as the world he has predicted in his books and talks since 1991 becomes our daily experience. We are seeing the pages of George Orwell's novel, 1984, turning by the hour as the Big Brother surveillance state expands toward its goal of a global fascist dictatorship. David Icke has spent the last 20 years researching in more than 55 countries and uncovering the cabal of interbreeding families behind this agenda for human enslavement and their goals and methods of operation and manipulation. Tonight, we will encapsulate some of humanity's greatest challenges and how we can secure our freedom from the hidden hand behind global events. If you want to believe what you are told by the mainstream media, stop this audio now. If you want to know 
what is really happening in your world and why, don't go anywhere. David Icke is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. This is what's happening now. We're starting to wake up and we have the opportunity now. It's a wonderful time to be alive because all these things are coming together in this point we call time, where we have the opportunity to break out of this cycle of uh, mental and emotional imprisonment. We're being offered the key with knowledge, with understanding, with uh, uh, the gathering, opening awareness and with the energy change that's underpinning that. It's now a time for us to decide if we're going to take the key and turn it with all the implications that has for the challenges in this reality. But my goodness me, the freedom of becoming and returning to the true magnitude of who we are and leaving behind this false identity that we have been manipulated to believe is us. There it is. There's the key for everyone, all of us, me too, to go like that. It's up to all of us to choose if we're going to do it. It's about time we did, I feel. This is Regina Meredith, and you're listening to Veritas Radio. David Icke is a former professional soccer player, journalist, network anchorman with the BBC, spokesman in the 1980s for the British Green Party, and since 1990, a full-time investigator into who and what is really controlling the world. Many have dubbed Icke as the most controversial speaker on the planet. They used to laugh at him, but now they come in the thousands to hear him speak all over the world. He's the author of 16 books, with the latest one being Remember Who You Are. David's words are designed to inspire all of us to be who we really are, to fling open the door of the mental prison we built for ourselves, and to walk into the light of freedom. And to learn more about David Icke, purchase his books, and for his upcoming lectures, visit his websites at davidike.com or davidikebooks.com. And directly from the United Kingdom, it's an honor, a great honor for me to welcome for the first time on Veritas, Mr. David Ike. Hello, Mr. Ike, and welcome. How are you? Hello, Mel. I'm good. May I call you David? Call me what you like, mate. Most people do. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I'm a bit spaced out, to be honest. I've, uh, I've just had two, two weeks in Peru going around the, the, uh, the great sites of Peru and... Uh, the energy of that country is unbelievable. I, in my experience, I've been to 55 countries now. That's the, that's the most powerful energetic piece of land I've ever I've experienced. I've been there three times now, and uh, uh, it's um, it always leaves me um, a bit spaced out. And with the passage of days and weeks, um, a little bit more insightful, I think, uh, with a lot more insight uh, when I go to Peru. It's uh, quite a special place for me. Now, that, that is a country that continues to be in the forefront right now. Most people are noticing. I didn't expect to talk about Peru, but can you tell us about your, your experience there? Well, I, I don't know whether you know, but uh, I, I, my life changed in Peru in uh, February 1991. I'd, uh, in the previous year, I'd, I was a television presenter with the BBC and a mm -hmm. national spokesman for the British Green Party. And, and then... Over the previous year, my life had changed dramatically. I'd been to see a psychic, um, a long, um, long story of synchronicity, and uh, was told that I was going to go out on a world stage and reveal great secrets and uh, many, many other things. Um, and uh, seemed seemed kind of, what are you talking about at the time? But of course, it's all come true. And um, in February uh, 1991, um, I went to Peru purely on intuition. Um, because uh, I had had um, 
just this urge, go to Peru, go to Peru. I had no idea why. And I went there and over the next three weeks, uh, amazing uh, experiences happened, especially on a, a, a hill, the side of a mountain in a place called Siustani, uh, not far from um, Lake Titicaca, the highest navigable lake in the world. Um, amazing things happened there to me. And uh, I got the feeling sort of second half of, of, of last year that uh, I feel I felt to go back. And so for the last two weeks, I've been back to those places and some others, actually, that I, um, I didn't visit before. And uh, I always feel um, energized, inspired, and uh, something's changed in me every time, I, uh, every time I go there. And something's changed in me this time as well. I'm just letting it filter through to understand exactly what it is, but something's changed. And uh, you didn't bump into our friend Renato Longato down there, do you? He's a researcher known by many guides down in Peru. No, I um, I went with a, a group this time. I went on my own in um, 1991. I went with a small group this time, and uh, um, we 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 had a great time. We had a very interesting time. Some very interesting things happened, and as I I said to them before I left, um, uh, I always find Peru to be what I call a delay drop energy where you go there and you like it and it's nice and you, you, you feel a bit different, but it's in the weeks, uh, sometimes months that, uh, that follow that almost what you downloaded there in the, those amazing energy fields um, uh, comes to the conscious mind in, in new insight, different ways of looking at self in the world. And when I had my amazing experiences in 1991, I obviously knew, especially one of them, uh, that something had happened uh, big time, but I didn't know what. And it was about three months um, before uh, I got clarity, really, and, and, and I started to integrate that, that um, experience. And it's, uh, it always seems to be like that. So I'm looking forward to the next few weeks and see what, um, see what filters through from the last two that I've been there. Sure, sure. I, uh, I think of the quote, first they ignore you. Then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Of course, the word from Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, it's our friend Cliff High who, who compares you. He calls you the modern day Mahatma Gandhi. Do you think we are winning the game? Well, I, do, I don't see it in terms of, of, of winning and losing because I think that that is playing the game the way the manipulators want us to play it, polarity. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that um, the question more is, um, are we becoming conscious? Because <laughs> we're, if you want to use those terms, we've been losing the game throughout known human history because um, humanity has collectively and individually been manipulated to be in an unconscious state. And only by doing that can a manipulating force suppress the true magnificence uh, of uh, human potential um, and we talk about humans as just a, that's just an experience of, 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 of our consciousness potential um, and and so they've had to work hard and they're having to work harder and harder and harder this is this is additives in food this is electromagnetic pollution um, this is um, manipulating people into states of fear and anxiety which are low vibrational states which pull you into a low vibrational awareness all this is being done and so much more that I talk about in the books to um, keep humanity in an unconscious state. And only by doing that can we have the world that we live in now. Um, you cannot manipulate, suppress and uh, <laughs> direct the the perception of reality of billions of people in, in, in a conscious state. You can only do that if they're in an unconscious state. And the way I see it, Mel, is that um, we, uh, our consciousness, what I, the word I use consciousness, that's the, that's the greater self. That's the big self. That's the eternal expression of the infinite self. But we, um, experience this tiny range of frequencies which we call visible light and, and the electromagnetic field i mean visible light which is the only frequency range that we can decode into what we call a conscious sight conscious reality is so small it's laughable and we we 
um, are focused on those frequencies or within those frequencies, or when I say we, I mean consciousness, by what I call the biological body computer, which is a holographic uh, receiver transmitter, mm-hmm. which is picking up frequencies within that uh, visible light band and decoding them into what we call uh, the world that we see and and and, and interact with, and and and, and that experience uh, or the vehicle for experience I call body mind. So you have the the holographic outer shell that we see as the physical body, and then you have the the the, the mind that, that 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 interpenetrates the the body. And if we are pulled. Um, and this is what the control system, uh, which at its core understands this process, is trying to do all the time. If we get our point of attention pulled into body-mind alone, then we we filter our reality almost entirely through the five senses. Um, and if you look at the way society is structured, it is, and increasingly so. It is overwhelmingly focused on enticing, entrapping, stimulating the five senses. Um, And if we move our point of attention so powerfully and and, and so much into body-mind, we lose touch with the true self, which is consciousness. And thus, um, we are in this world uh, in terms of our so-called physically interacting with it and we are of this world in terms of our point of attention our point of observing this world and when you're in something and of something then that becomes your entire sense of reality there is nothing else Uh, but when you can expand your point of attention so yes you are interacting with this reality through the five senses and the conscious mind but you're also aware of your true self consciousness well that true self which is beyond the bounds the limitations the walls of this experienced reality can influence your perception of self and the world and therefore you have a much more expanded uh, vision of where you are who you are what's going on in the world you can connect dots uh, between apparently unconnected areas of, 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 of this world which you can't when you're in the world and of it you can only see individual dots you can't see how they connect so the whole con- control system that I've been exposing all these years, and, and as you go deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole of the control, you go deeper and deeper and deeper into the understanding of reality because that's where it's coming from. You know, if you are an expert on uh, manufactured uh, terrorist events like 9-11, banking scams, political scams, and, and, and all the rest of it, manipulated wars, all of which we need to know about, and I do all that stuff as well. But if you're an expert only on that and you go no deeper, you've not even entered the rabbit hole, in my view, Mel. You're just still walking around the outer rim of it because to get in there to see where this reality, this manipulation, this control system is coming from, you have to get deep into an understanding of the nature of reality itself because that is um, the point of uh, knowledge that is allowing those manipulating the control system to manipulate our sense of reality because they understand how we decode reality, how we manifest reality. And if you can keep that information from the general public by suppressing any, I mean, you know, it's always (laughs) what amazes me, it shouldn't anymore, but it does, that, you know, I go to all these different countries, I go to America, for instance, and but so many other countries are becoming the same. And you have this like explosion of television and radio channels. I mean, in the mainstream, and you you can you can have a channel for this, your channel for that. I mean, you can basically have a, a channel for cutting your toenails, really. I mean, there's a channel for everything. But how many times, uh, virtually never, worldwide, do I see channels asking about the nature of reality? They do exist, but they're so rare because the idea is to keep us in ignorance of who we are, where we are, and the nature of reality, while those who understand how it operates can then manipulate the way that we uh, manipulate reality because, or, or decode reality. Because if you, if you want to, for instance, um, suppress what a computer um, decodes from the internet – the worldwide collective reality we call the internet, Mm -hmm. um, then you don't have to mess with the internet. 
you just you just firewall the computer so it only picks up and decodes that part of the internet that that you want people to uh, be aware of and shuts out the rest of it that you don't want people to know about. And this is what's happening through the education system, um, through uh, the, the mainstream media, through, like I said, food additives and all this stuff. It is suppressing uh, the, the body computer mind's ability to decode uh, reality in the way that it should. So we're actually only picking up a fraction of what we, we, we could be picking up. And I think before this all started a long time ago um, that we were picking up. Uh, and I think uh, the fact that we are able to decode such a tiny band of conscious reality, visible light, is not an accident. It's a design um, through through the genetic manipulation that uh, the ancient cultures all talk about. You mentioned receiver and transmitter. I heard you say before that our DNA is a receiver and a transmitter. I don't hear that many people talk about that, but I recently heard that DNA operates like miniature laser beams that react to photons. What does, this, what does the sun do? Emit photons. Do you think the sun has anything to do with changes in our DNA and, and perhaps our consciousness? Well, uh, I, I, I think it does. I, th I think enormous amounts of different um, elements, inputs, are affecting those things all the time. Um, and, you know, people talk about, and a good, indeed, the ancient cultures virtually worldwide talk about um, manipulation of the human form by some external force, uh, how there was interbreeding between non-humans and humans, which changed the human form. Well, yes, maybe there was what we call procreation. Um, maybe. Uh, but. There doesn't have to be, because if you can send frequencies within the frequency band that the human uh, DNA and e indeed the whole genetic structure is receiving and transmitting on, you can send information on those frequencies, which changes the information um, construct of the human form, which in other other way of putting it, genetically changes the human form. And uh, I think that's happened. Um, you know, when you look at uh, genetically modified food, that's genetically modifying us. This is why, uh, you know, Monsanto is pushing this nonsense, which is one of the major uh, control system corporations mm -hmm. on the planet. I was in Hawaii, uh, Mel, just a few weeks ago. And I mean, crikey, you can almost sit there and watch things grow on Hawaii You know, you've got the sun, the rain, the sun, the rain, sun, the rain. It's just amazing. And yet Monsanto have moved in and, and they've got genetically modified um, uh, crops growing there. Absolutely ludicrous. There's no need for it in terms of a benefit to humanity. But what are those crops on Hawaii for to actually um, uh, transmit their seeds across those islands and turn everything in the end into a form of genetically modified food. I mean, we've got this extraordinary situation. I mean, pinch me, it's not true, but it is, where in North America, Monsanto is taking farmers to court and winning. That's confirmation of the control systems behind it, because to even think of winning these cases is just insane unless It's manipulated from, from, from the background because of what I'm going to say. They're taking them to court because Monsanto modif uh, genetically modified crops have been grown in that area or that region through the wind or through, uh, you know, coming off trucks as the crops go through the country lanes and stuff. That genetically modified rubbish as infiltrated, non-genetically modified crops of farms and farmers who want nothing to do with it. But Monsanto is sending its agents onto those farms and saying, hold on a second, we found our genetically modified crops on your land. You're growing them and you do not have a license. And they're taking them to court and winning. This is how ludicrous it is. The idea is to contaminate the genetic diversity of the planet 
they want monoculture everywhere. What does monoculture mean? It means that the few who control the monoculture control if you eat or not. This is why um, Monsanto have, have sold these uh, so-called terminator seeds to places like India, which only have one uh, crop life. And then you have to buy more more seeds from Monsanto. And, and the uh, suicide rate of Indian farmers, uh, because of the pressure and stress of having their farms destroyed by this uh, stitch up, is, is just staggering. And this has gone on for decades. So um, the, 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 what's going on? Um, and this is what I, I try to get across, uh, Mel, to uh, researchers into the conspiracy that stick totally with the five senses and the banking scams and the political scams and all the rest of it. They are expressions of this control system and expressions that we need to know about. But they're not the real core. They're not the core of where it's coming from, where it's coming from. And what this control system agenda is about is an understanding of how reality works and therefore an understanding of how you can manipulate humanity's um, sense of reality, sense of self, sense of the world, and thus um, put them in a, in, in a box of perception that keeps them as in place, um, uh, aware enough to serve you as slaves, but not aware enough to realize that that's what they are. And uh, this genetically modified food, the stuff in, in, in additives in food and water and all the rest of it, electromagnetic pollution, like I say, are all part of the genetic vibrational suppression of the human form and receive a transmission suppression of the human form so that we literally stay in a vibrational box. It's not just, oh, he, he, he thinks inside the box. Yeah, but what is this box? It's actually a vibrational box. And by a vibrational box, I mean it's an information box. You've got a certain amount of information to give you a certain perception, but no more. And this is why, you know, when people now talk about this great awakening that's happening, and I tell you, as a constant traveler of the world over 22 years, it's happening and it's global. It's not the vast majority yet, of course, but it's incredible in terms of number compared with what it was. This awakening, what is it? It's an opening of mind to let consciousness in. And once we do that, everything changes because our point of observing the world becomes expanded. Thus, our understanding of the world becomes expanded and we become ever, ever more difficult to manipulate and uh, misdirect. Indeed. And there's one elephant in the room, and I'd like to get your opinion right from the beginning. And since we're talking about Hawaii, we're talking about uh, genetically modified crops and chemtrails. I've known people who have done research, independent lab research, where they find barium, which depletes potassium, which causes heart conditions, aluminum, which causes Alzheimer's, strontium, which causes cancer, radioactive material, What's your take on chemtrails? And I ask you because I've had a few guests in the past few weeks who completely deny it as pure conspiracy theory. Oh, I love it. I love I, what I, you know what I love, Mel. I love the coincidence theorists. I think they're great. Where all these things are coming in, dovetailing perfectly, pushing people in the same direction, constantly recurring same theme of poisoning people mentally, emotionally, and physically. But it's all a coincidence. I love it. Um, but everyone to their own. For me, it's all part of it. You know, chemtrails clearly by, I mean, again, you know, I travel the world a lot. I've been in 55 countries in the last 22 years, a number of them many times. And these chemtrails are everywhere um, or virtually everywhere. And uh, you're right in what you say is in them. So, you know, let's let's just take this forward and let's just look at this. Um, these Uh, trails of chemicals and metals are being crisscrossed uh, over the skies of the world. And of course, what they're doing then, you can watch them happen. Um, they, they kind of expand out, uh, becoming like a cloud, and then they, they eventually drop to earth and they uh, poison and pollute the land, the water supplies and people breathing them in and all the rest of it. Um, what uh, force that had any benevolent uh, agenda for humanity would even think of doing something that ludicrous, that stupid, that insane. Um, of course, it wouldn't. Um, so we, we're left with 
a malevolent force that's doing it. And when I uh, keep, you know, saying about uh, genetically modified food, uh, poisons in food and water and all the rest of it, well, you could quite easily just add chemtrails to that because that, it's part of the same agenda. It's mm -hmm. just another strand in the same tapestry. But, but my, my own feeling, Mel, is that there, there, there's more to it than that. Um, uh, in terms of chemtrails, because very, very often, in fact, very rarely, if you turn it around and put it the other way, have I found that something's being done for only one reason. It's usually a multiple reasons. There's a main reason, yeah, but there's multiple reasons that come on from that. Now, what happened to me in um, 1990 um, when I was a television presenter at the BBC and a national spokesman for the Green Party is in the previous year, um, 1989, I had had this very strange uh, phenomenon in my life, and it was that whenever I was in a room alone, it felt like I wasn't alone, like it was something there. And um, this got more and more tangible through uh, 1989 into early 1990, and this is what led me eventually to, the, to a psychic lady because I went along to her. It's a long story, but I went along to her just telling her, look, I've got rheumatoid arthritis, which I had, and maybe your hands-on healing might help. You know, And there was some truth in that. I was interested to see if it would. But the real reason I went along, I didn't want to tell her because I didn't want to lead her on, and I wanted her to come to a, 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 any conclusion that she came to purely from herself i didn't tell her that this phenomenon about being in a room alone and uh, a feeling that i wasn't uh was going on and i went for it to her a couple of times and she gave me the hands-on healing and we had a nice chat and stuff and then the third and fourth time I only went four times um she starts going into psychic mode and telling me i'm going to go out on a world stage and reveal great secrets there was a a story that had to be told um, one man cannot change the world, but one man can communicate the message, can change the world. Loads and loads of loads and loads of things. And what came up at that time and, and then became a feature in my life, um, well, right to this day, really, was that a vibrational change was coming, what I would call now an information change, a consciousness change that was going to wake humanity up from its slumber and, and its comatose state, its hypnotic state. And People were going to um, awaken to a new vision of self, the world. Uh, these, uh, what I dubbed, I dubbed this change, the truth vibrations at the time. It's the name of the first book I ever wrote in these subjects in 1990. And um, that this, these truth vibrations were not only going to act like a spiritual alarm clock for people, they were going to um, bring all, to the surface all that had been hidden from us. And my goodness me, in 1990, when this lady was telling me this, in March 1990, there was no evidence for any of it. But look at it now. Look at what we know about the world and how it's manipulated that we didn't know five years ago, 10 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, forget it. Um, and, and look at how many people are awakening um, around the world, uh, even people who you would have thought not so long ago, never him, never her, not in this lifetime, that they, they, they are. So, so it's happening. And, uh, for me, um, this control system that operates from the shadows, in fact, you know, I would say operates from beyond this dimension of reality that we call the, 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 the world that we know, um, knew that this vibrational change was coming. And they've been preparing for it to, to batten down the hatches, to, to stop humanity being impacted by it in the way that we potentially can be. And so I would say, Mel, it is absolutely no coincidence whatsoever that at the very time that this what I call truth vibration transformation is becoming demonstrably uh, real – that it's, the, it's exactly the same time that the uh, control system is throwing everything at us. Wars and de uh, economic depressions. All Again, I keep repeating these things, but they're so re relevant. The additives in food and water, genetically modified food, electromagnetic pollution in, in all its, its forms through technology and other means, and radiation pollution. Um, it's, it's like doing everything it can to destabilize the efficient receiver transmission processes of the human form so that we do not get impacted by this vibrational information change in the way that we could. Now, some people are, are being affected by it anyway, <laughs> but, but, but they're trying to, to, to mitigate um, its effect. And for me, this is 
a long way, but I think some essential information coming back round to chemtrails, because I think another reason for chemtrails uh, uh, and indeed the endless increasing ways that we are subjected to various forms of radiation. I mean, I don't think Fukushima was an accident personally. and I say that in, in my latest book, but uh, the, the, the number and endless increasing ways that we're subjected to forms of radiation are all part of um, what I see as the attempt to create like a sub-reality in the uh, a sub vibrational information atmospheric reality in that level of the earth's atmosphere that we interact with um and i think that um harp the um uh, technology not just in alaska now but in other parts of the world too that works as one unit which fires radio waves off the ionosphere and back to earth that is all part of creating this sub-reality because if you can't <laughs> Simple question, how do you affect all the fish at the same time? You affect the sea. And they are targeting the energy sea in which we all live and interact with. And, of course, we are affected by that sea as we affect the sea. I mean, it's like a – I call it the cosmic internet. It's like the wireless internet. You, you, can, you can post on the wireless internet and affect the internet, and you can take information from the internet and be affected by it. And it's the same in the way we interact with this field. Now, if you can impact upon that field, so you push it into a low vibrational distorted state, um, then you can affect uh, those that are interacting with it because of course on one level we are an electromagnetic field and that's the level that we interact with this field on and um, you know it's no coincidence either that when I've talked to former Satanists uh, around the world who've been involved in, 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 in human sacrifice and these these rituals that are, that are done at particular times of the year at particular places that they say that um, the reason they do that is to affect the information and vibrational state of the Earth's um, energy field because that impacts upon humanity in general. I tell you an interesting story, um, uh, Mel, that, that, that happened while we were in Peru, which really uh, brought this home to me because for me – Before this hijack started, humanity was what I call heart-centered. Its point of interacting with reality was through the heart. I don't mean the physical heart, that's the expression of it, but uh, the, 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 the energetic heart, the heart vortex, people call the heart chakra. That is, for me, where we get innate intelligence, consciousness intelligence, not mind excuse for intelligence it's where we get knowing it's where we get intuition which is what intuitive knowing you know we 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 um we put our our hands on 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 our on our chest on our heart center and go i just know i just know um and and that's the true a connection to consciousness for me. I think that the idea that it goes through the brain is, is a misunderstanding and a diversion. The brain supposed to serve the heart, not the other way around. And this is why organizations like the Heart Math Institute in America that's done so much research into the true nature of the heart uh, points out that there are more nerves going from the heart to the brain than going the other way and that the heart is the most powerful electromagnetic field in the body. And um, when you come from the heart you are not only accessing levels of awareness that are way beyond this reality we call the world, but you're also vibrating um, at a very high rate because the, the heart connection does that. What the control system works on is the emotional center in the, in the belly and of course, that's where we feel emotion. That's why, you know, uh, we um, we feel emotion in that area when we're anxious or when we're, we're, we're fearful on the rest of it in the belly because that's, that's the emotional connection. Now, the control system wants humanity 
to interact with reality through the emotional chakra as its point of most attention. Um, and, and thus, um, it has structured society to continually trigger those low vibrational emotional states all around the main one of fear, anxiety, resentment, guilt, stress in all its forms, because it pulls you into that level. And when you come from that level, what you're doing is you are responding to things that happen in your life and experiences you have from an emotional standpoint you know look at humanity in general all over the world doesn't matter what the culture is or the background is or the religion is you'll see again and again that people respond react from an emotional point of view not a heart point of view which is which is in in balance and in harmony thus it sees things in a completely different way and when we were going around um peru in the last couple of weeks with this with the group that i went with um we were going from uh, place to place a heart because because peru is very much a heart land um from heart energy center to heart energy center and people were having this 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 lovely time they 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 were laughing they felt joy and, and all the things that we'd like to feel and then on this one day we crossed the peruvian border into bolivia and it was like walking into another dimension the energy change was dramatic so much so that everyone felt it And we went to this um, ancient site about 40 minutes across the Bolivian border called called Tewanaku. And I went there and it was horrible. It was horrible. The energy was horrible. And people, I kid you not, were saying, I'm feeling it in my belly. Yes. I've been to many of these sites around the world where human sacrifice has taken place and these horrible rituals that pull these entities um, into this dimension for rituals. They're horrible and you always feel the same energy. I felt it there. And people were saying how changed they felt. There was one lad, Mark, a lovely guy from Ireland, who said, I've been going around Peru. He said, I've just been loving everybody. (laughs) Everything's been great and lovely. He said, as soon as I got to Tiwanaku and I'm walking around taking pictures, he said, I'm getting more and more angry, more and more furious, more indignant. And when people have got in my way when I'm taking a a, a shot before on the trip, I've said, oh, no problem. No, take your time. No problem. I'll wait. But when people are getting in his way taking pictures at Tiwanaku in Bolivia, he 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 wants to scream and swear at them to get out of the way. And what had happened, it was so clear, is that entering that energy field had pulled people's point of interaction with the reality from the heart down into the into the belly, into the emotional chakra, and their behavior changed, became much uh, less loving, much more anxious, much more fearful, uh, much more aggressive in some people. And this is what I am absolutely convinced, Mel, has been done. That the uh, and, and all these things we're talking about are part of increasing the pressure to push us out of the heart into the emotional Uh, chakra because that's where we're controlled from that's the energy the control system works in when you're coming from those low vibrational emotional states you are playing away from home you are in the control system stadium when you pull your point of attention to the heart and you interact from that point of view you're out of their stadium and thus you you can see and feel and uh, experience things that you wouldn't in in the other state. And for me, uh, having had that very powerful and focused experience just days ago in Peru and, uh, and Bolivia, um, it just really um, stressed me again what I what I have been seeing things for a while that they are seeking all the time, energetically and through manipulation of of information to push us into that emotional chakra low vibrational level of it mind um the lower vibrational emotions because that's when they got us and when we go above that that's when we're free of it and um i'm sure that uh, everything from chemtrails to electromagnetic pollution and all this stuff we're talking about collectively is designed to do that you mentioned a, a moment ago fukushima 
probably being man-made. And I don't know if you know this, but a few days ago, 280 flight attendants from Alaska Airlines are reporting that they're losing their hair and they have this itchy feeling. feeling. But losing their hair, could it be the radiation? Well, first of all, Alaskan Airlines and Harp is in Alaska, so you can't rule out a connection there, which again is a form of radiation, isn't it? Um, But I've been ticking off, Mel, for a a long lot of years now, the increasing numbers of sources of radiation to which humanity is subjected to. And um, for instance, uh, I've been for the last two decades exposing the uh, major, often fundamental contribution to this control system uh, that comes from the House of Rothschild. Um, not just through banking, as people would think, but right across the great spectrum of this whole control agenda. And um, back in the 1990s, about 1993, um, I met a lady uh, who was an, an Oxford Don, you know, uh, Oxford University academic, mm-hmm. Kitty Little. And uh, she um, talked to me uh, because she was not only um, – an expert in uh, nuclear uh, power and nuclear technology. She worked for the the uh, government's nuclear um, agencies, um, but she was also had many, many connections into British intelligence in this whole um, area. And so she was a very interesting person to speak to. And um, she also talked to me. She was quite elderly at the time, but she talked to me about the fact that the Rothschild uh, dynasty was very much involved in the conspiracy as a whole and she said something very interesting she said to me you know it was the Rothschilds that introduced nuclear power to the world they were the conduit to 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 get nuclear power uh, stations going around the world and and that was very interesting to me um, especially more recently when I've been ticking off these sources of radiation um, because you know for instance um, uh, harp does doesn't just bounce radio waves of the ionosphere um, as, as was um, revealed in a um, European a Union Parliament report from the 1990s. It's also punching holes in the ionosphere, allowing cosmic radiation into the Earth's atmosphere that wouldn't normally get in and shouldn't be getting in for the good of humans. So in the new book, Remember Who You Are, I, I, I go through these the, the sources of radiation. And so when um, Fukushima went up. I mean, my initial reaction was this is too much of a gift to be uh, an accident. And, you know, I, I, I looked at it and, and uh, I concluded that, um, yes, indeed, it wasn't an accident. Um, it turns out that in the, um, the year before Fukushima went up, um, a new uh, so-called security system was put in. Um, of cameras and sensors in the reactors and around the Fukushima site. And when you look at um, the explosions that were caught on film when the reactors exploded, and you look at the the smoke um, response from a small nuclear device, they are significantly very similar, I would suggest. And then you look at the cameras that were put in and the sensors that were put in. And, you know, all the time, technology is getting smaller and smaller and lighter and lighter. Well, not these. These cameras that were put around the Fukushima site and in the in the reactors weighed a thousand pounds. And when you look at a what they call a gun type nuclear weapon a small nuclear device and you take the casing off the outer casing off then what you're looking at is dramatically similar to what these cameras look like and sensors look like are called the owl system and then the next question you ask of course is who put them into fukushima and it turns out it was an israeli company called mm-hmm. Mac bsp which is based at Dimona in Israel, which is the location of Israel's massive, uh, though unspoken of, nuclear um, arsenal and nuclear um, 
development um, operation. Um, and when uh, you then uh, look at what a um, nuclear engineer called Arnie Gunderson said um, shortly after Fukushima, what had happened is I'd written an article on, and put it out on the internet saying that this is what I feel. I feel that, that there is a very good chance when you put this together that um, this was a, done, a, 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 a job done on purpose through these um, covertly planted nuclear devices. And at the time, just after I did that, I mean, a few weeks after I did that, I came across this report on the internet and video on the internet of a, a presentation speech made by this nuclear engineer, Arnie Gunderson, who's spoken a lot about Fukushima, um, in which he was basically um, saying, look, alert, alert. Fukushima has shown us that um, n explosions at nuclear uh, uh, power stations are capable of far more than we thought. Well, what he said was, in support of that, is that no one could explain how the wave explosion from the Fukushima explosion could have moved at 1,000 miles an hour, which is substantially faster than the speed of sound, as he said. And he said that this made the explosion at Fukushima a detonation wave. And he said this was explainable, unexplainable rather, because hydrogen and oxygen, he said, should no only be capable to produce a subsonic, what he called deflagration wave. And he said, quote, no one knows why this happened. Hydrogen and oxygen at room pressures shouldn't detonate. I was talking to a bunch of chemists and we couldn't figure out how it could detonate. It could deflagrate, but it shouldn't be able to detonate. And that has major ramifications, he said, on containment design. Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe the ramifications are if you're having a, a, um, a security system put into your nuclear power station, don't hire people based at Dimona in Israel, the site of the Israeli nuclear weapons program, uh, because um, the, as I said earlier, the gift of radiation, Mel, that has been released by um, Fukushima is extraordinary and still going on. And more and more evidence is emerging of, of, of its global impact. Um, and uh, for me, that wasn't an accident, which means, of course, that it wasn't the case for sure that um, having put that into Fukushima, if that was the case, and I believe it is, that they sat around strumming their fingers waiting for uh, what they hoped might come along one day, which is a, a tsunami and an and earthquake. Of, of course, they, that wasn't part of it. But then again, when you look at the capability of HARP, then it's capable of producing things like that. And, and, and not only HARP, what technology do they have that we don't know about that is capable of far more? So um, I think uh, from putting all that together and so much more, there is absolutely an agenda to irradiate um, the atmosphere of, of the planet. Um, and this will have, of course, knock-on effects in human health. Uh, and maybe there are there are other reasons for it, too, which I go into in the book in, 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 in more detail. But certainly radiation uh, and irradiating the atmosphere is is very, very much part of this whole agenda. Even the mainstream media is now confirming what we've been saying for over a year, that this is affecting humanity. And do you think you remember when planned obsolescence used to be appliances, maybe cars? Do you think planned obsolescence is now taking taking place with humans as well? Well, I, I think there's no doubt, Mel, when you look at uh, some of the writings of these people in their various forms, uh, which have come to light, that they want a massive um, reduction of the global population. Mm -hmm. And, you know, <laughs> you can reduce the global population uh, uh, massively, um, not by making everyone keel over at once, but by cumulatively doing it through various means. I mean, for instance, uh, I, I referred into one of my books uh, of mobile phones as the silent Holocaust, because I think the cumulative um, effect of constant mobile phone use is going to be devastating. I mean, again, what is that 
its form of radiation. Here we go again. Um, and look at the full body scanners. You know, frequent flyers in America who, who take the body scanner instead of the pat down are, are just going to cumulatively uh, reap the consequences. Um, because you look at it, Mel, a lot of these technologies we're talking about now are, are really new compared with the history of humanity. Really new. We don't know no idea what the cumulative effect of all this will be, except that it's not going to be good. And, and you know, when you um, irradiate the atmosphere, again, you, you're, you're affecting vast, vast amounts of the global population. When they um, drop their depleted uranium weapons on, you know, usually people with brown faces in, in the Middle East and, and Near East, um, that's causing uh, devastating birth defects in the next generation in places like Iraq and, 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 and other places where this has been done. Um, and, and of course, although the depleted uranium uh, in the weapons um, affects the target area most severely, it also then enters the atmosphere and enters the and adds to the mix of radiation from all these various uh, sources. HARP itself, that technology, <coughs> excuse me, is a massive source of radiation. One of the things that HARP can do, according to its own patent, by the way, is X-ray the Earth. And, and through X-raying the Earth, um, find out where resources are. So if you're one of the inner elite companies connected to the control system, which controls HARP, then any other company involved in searching for resources and, uh, uh, and what have you has got no chance of competing because harp's telling you exactly where they are but the point is when it's x-raying the earth which it does very regularly it's x-raying everybody in the area of the earth it's x-raying so there's not only are there all these sources of radiation that we increasingly know about there's goodness knows how many others that we don't know about and this is not coincidence um i mean coincidence theorists may you know um placate themselves by convincing themselves it's all a coincidence it's not it's cold calculated design to to an end of massively reducing the global population and then turning what's left into absolutely um, uh, slaves of the elite. And in so many ways, uh, people who watch that, that film, The Hunger Games, mm -hmm. looking at the world as these crazies um, want it to be where you've got the vast majority of what's left of humans um, uh, living in poverty and slavery, serving a, a cosseted high-tech elite in various uh, centers, and most of the earth being denied the slave population. And if people think this is like crazy, um, go into uh, uh, Google Images or something and put in the words simulated reserve and corridor system to protect biodiversity. And up will come a map of the United States under the biodiversity uh, program being operated through the United Nations in uh, league with something called um, uh, Agenda 21, which is using the environment as the excuse and the big lie of human-caused climate change as the excuse um, to remove vast numbers of humans from the land. And I'm looking at that map now in front of me, and when you look at it, the red, um, which is dominates the American map, the biodiversity map, the, the red areas are limited to no you, little rather, not limited, little to no human use. Then the next biggest color on the map is yellow, and that is highly regulated human use. And then you've got the next biggest color, or, or one of the next biggest colors is a kind of a buff uh, kind of color, and that is um, uh, border areas, um, uh, 200 mile wide international zones of cooperation, 
no human use. And then you've got dotted around America here and there is the green color, small areas, and that is normal human use. Now, you've only got to look at that map to realize for that to be implemented and its official policy through the U.N., uh, that the um, population of America would have to be absolutely dramatically uh, reduced. And when you read the, um, the, the, the demands of Agenda 21, again, which is being operated through the United Nations, then it's, it's hunger games. That's what they want. They want to put humans into um, tightly packed together in like high-rise city blocks uh, of very little um, space. And the rest of the world is the elites. And um, that's what Agenda 21 and the Biodiversity uh, Treaty and the biodiversity map I'm talking about here um, are obviously showing. And so now you're getting um, increasing attempts, not least in America, to get people off the land. Um, so not just for this, but because they want to um, control in the entire food chain through the corporations like Monsanto. They are making life impossible for small farmers and growers all over America through intimidation, through changes in the law so that they can't economically survive. And it was interesting to me. You remember uh, last year when the uh, Mississippi and Missouri uh, rivers were, were, were massively inflated by and, uh, heavy snows in the mountains. And um, as, as the water was coming down uh, the Missouri, um, the uh, Corps of Engineers announced that to save land further down the, uh, the rivers, they had to blow the levees higher up the rivers. Uh, up the Missouri. And what happened uh, as a result of that, of course, is massive amounts of farmland were flooded and crops and livelihoods destroyed among farmers along that, 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 that in the area. Three weeks only, three weeks later, small farmers who suffered from that flooding got a letter from the United States government offering to buy their land through the Corps of Engineers that had blown the levees and flooded the land. Um, you've got uh, pressure now. I don't know if it's gone through or not. They were certainly pushing this um, uh, recently or up to recently to lower uh, or to raise the age at which um, young people uh, working in family farms could drive machinery. That's right. What happens uh, in a family farm is, you know, the youngsters at the age of, you know, 13 to 12, 13, they, they learn to drive the tractor. They don't go out on the road, but they learn to drive the tractor because that's how family farms survive. Plus the fact you're bringing people through for the next generation. And, and what they were pressing for is to stop that so that these small farmers would then have to hire in professional drivers. They can't afford that. And, and, and. I, I see small farmers and small farmers organizations in America, and I understand why they say this because they don't know the big picture, but they're saying, you know, the government clearly doesn't understand what small farming's about and family farming. They have no idea. I mean, why are they doing this? It's going to destroy us. I mean, they, they just don't understand what they do. That's what they want, the land. Nail on the head. Thank you very much for listening to the first segment of this interview. We will continue with segment two with our special guest in the Veritas member section. Just go to our website, veritasradio.com, and click on the subscribe link to listen to the rest. We'll take a short intermission, listen to some music, and we'll be right back with segment two in the member section. Enjoy.
This is Dr. Judy Wood, and you're listening to Veritas Radio. Veritas Radio. 